a coronation last Saturday in London. Embedded in the crowning of Charles as an earthly king, there is a remarkable backstory with a royal family in turmoil continuing after the death of the vocal Christian witness of the late Elizabeth. It is an astounding backstory. The objects used in the coronation that point well beyond the British crown, one that I pray King Charles takes to heart, as did his late mother. First, there was the presentation of a Bible, these words spoken as the Bible was given. Our gracious King, to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and gospel of God as rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Then during the investiture, there was the sovereign's orb, a golden globe surmounted by a cross. The monarch's power is derived from God. A reminder, the cross covers the entire world. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Monday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this week, we're continuing in a series we started last week called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. When a sick woman came to Christ, she thought healing was all she needed. How wrong she was. Oh, don't get me wrong. Jesus did heal her. But he used this great sign to point to her greater need as well as yours and mine, our need for redemption. We're going to think about this great moment in Christ's ministry in the program today as we think about the signs and sermons of Jesus. That's something we did all last week. We'll continue this week. And that's something I really appreciate about the TV series called The Chosen. It was created by Dallas Jenkins as a way to help us better understand the ministry of Christ as well as those who were called by him to be his disciples. And it's been a huge hit all over the world, with millions watching it. I asked Dallas if he expected the show to be as popular as it has become. I know this may sound like a cop-out answer, but I, I genuinely didn't have expectations for the show because all I was concentrating on was making that season one the best possible show it could be that honored God mm -hmm. and honored the scriptures. So the fact that the show has... Um, gotten to be as successful as it's gotten and, and has reached so many people. Uh, on one hand, I didn't expect that. But on the other hand, I did not expect it. I mean, I've gotten mm. used to the fact that God can do anything at this point. It's not my job to feed the 5,000. It's only to provide the loaves and fish. So I don't worry about um, how many, how many uh, people are, are watching or not. However, I will say that the biggest surprise has been the, the lack of age restrictions on who loves the show. I didn't mm -hmm. expect kids to like it because it's a, as you've seen, it's a, there's, there's mm -hmm. complicated plot lines. And when you watch, especially like episode one, I think some of your listeners may think, well, wait a minute. I thought this was a Jesus show. Where's Jesus? He doesn't even show up until the end of episode one. I mean, there's complicated plot lines and, and it's like a real show. It's not just like, here's a reenactment of, a, of some Bible verses. Um, it's, it's, it's a real show. So I didn't expect kids to love it. Um, even though it's, it's not, you know, uh, inappropriate or anything. But we've heard from parents of five-year-olds whose kids want to watch it every day. Mm -hmm. uh, we've heard from parents of special needs children or special needs adults even, some severe, who just love the show. And I didn't expect that, but it's, it's proven to me that when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the stories of the Gospels, uh, God will remove the scales from people's eyes and he will remove those barriers and those hurdles. And uh, hearing people say that, that they just feel like 
the scriptures are coming alive, uh, including teenagers and, and even young, young children, mm-hmm. that's probably been the biggest surprise for me. I'm thankful for the creative yet Christ-centered work that Dallas Jenkins is doing with his TV show called The Chosen. Later in the program, we'll hear an excerpt from that series. And after that, I want to give you an opportunity to get all three seasons of The Chosen on DVD. I invite you to visit haventoday.org, where you can watch excerpts from the series, as well as listen to our Great Stories podcast, where you can hear my full interview with The Chosen's creator, Dallas Jenkins. And then you can make your minimum gift for the bundle of seasons one to three of The Chosen on DVD. You can do that at haventoday.org, haventoday.org, or call us in a few minutes at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new season three on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And now I want us to open this program on this Monday with the Collingsworth family. My physicians tried in vain But twelve long years of pain Is proof that there is nothing they can do But I just heard somebody say There's a healer on the way Somehow I have to press my way through I've gotta get to Jesus Gotta get to Jesus I know that He Broken peace. 
It's called Gotta Get to Jesus. I think we do. And a special thanks to the Collingsworth family for opening this haven today, Signs and Sermons of Jesus. Twelve years. She had been suffering for twelve years with a debilitating condition. The Gospels tell us she had been bleeding for twelve long years, and there was still no end in sight. Here's how the Gospel of Mark tells her story. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for, as I've said, twelve years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed." And immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. Now, this was a desperate woman, and she was desperate for help, desperate for relief, desperate for Jesus. And I can say that I relate. No, I haven't been bleeding for a dozen years or for most of my life. I've suffered from post-polio syndrome that can still be debilitating today. Chronic fatigue and pain is sometimes what my days are spent with. I've had times in my life where I felt desperate as well. I was desperate for help and also for change. Now, maybe you have experienced something like that, too. Suffering is the common narrative for all our human life. Not one of us will escape it. There's an old saying that says, if you pass ten people on the street, nine of them are suffering, and the tenth you just haven't heard their story yet. Well, that's what I love about the Gospels. They show us the stories of suffering people that Christ came to save. They show us the compassion of our Lord to go and spend time with the least of these. Those in society had overlooked or cast out. Those who were desperate those who were like the woman who had been bleeding for 12 long years. There's a scene from the newest season of The Chosen that helps us appreciate the emotional depth of what it means to be desperate. I want us to listen to that excerpt right now. Who touched me? Everybody back. I asked the question, who touched me? Master, the crowds are pressing in all around you like this, and you're asking who touched you? They all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. Whoever touched me, come forward. Teacher. It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean. Why my garment? I'm sorry. I, I know I should have asked. But if if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I, I was sick. I was sick for 12 years. 
I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. But but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> I was right. I was right. Thank you. Who told you I could heal? A man from the pool. And <laughs> he was right. The blood is ceased. My daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know. But it wasn't this. It was your faith. A scene from The Chosen Season 3, Episode 5... She said to herself that if she could just touch the clothing of Jesus, she would be made clean. And that statement, clean, I think it closes in on something that is so important for each and every one of us to understand. It's something that Jesus shows us in this interaction with this woman. And it's this. Having a physical condition like this woman did, or like I do with post-polio, Having a condition like that does not make you unclean. This woman was living in a society that told her, if you're not normal, something's wrong with you. You are unclean. And she believed that. Everything around her told her that this was the truth. But Jesus knew better. And Jesus wasn't afraid to touch her. Do you remember in the book of Leviticus all the laws about clean and unclean? If something was unclean and you touched it, you were not allowed to go to the sanctuary to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And of course, people became unclean through normal things like giving birth and moving a dead body to bury it. But if you were unclean, you were not allowed to participate. And so being unclean over time meant being sinful. It meant you were a bad person. Unclean was no longer just a ritual purity that you needed to have to come to and offer a sacrifice to the Lord, but it was a moral and it had become a spiritual condition. And maybe that explains why the Gospels tell us that this woman had spent all the money she had on physicians and magicians and healers and prayers. Yes, you could even pay people to pray for you back then. She did all this to try and get rid of her uncleanness. She thought that getting rid of her uncleanness was getting rid of her sin. And isn't that how many of us think today? We look out across the world and we see suffering all over. We see disease and we see wars. We see tragedies. And sometimes our first instinct is to think like the disciples when they heard about the tower in Siloam falling on a group of people. They wondered if their sin was worse because they had suffered like that. Or when they met the man who was born blind, they asked Jesus, remember, who sinned? They assumed just like we do that suffering means you've done something wrong. They assumed that suffering equals sin. And Jesus blew that apart. He looked at that woman 
not with judgment in his eyes, not with a scowl that wonders why she sinned so badly to be unclean for those twelve years. He looked at her with love, and he looked at her with compassion, because he knew what she was going through. She was desperate, not just to be rid of her physical condition, she was desperate to belong somewhere. Do you see that? This woman had spent all her money, all her time, all her energy trying desperately to get rid of her physical condition because she wanted so desperately to take part in what her people were doing. She wanted to belong. And don't we just want to belong? When we are excluded from the table, when we see brothers and sisters taking part in some amazing experience of worship or ministry or simply fellowship, and we're missing out, doesn't our deep longing spring back up? I couldn't play baseball growing up. I was an outcast in that respect. Physically, I just couldn't do it. I was desperate. And when our physical bodies hinder us or even stop us from spending time with the Lord's people, don't you feel a little lonely? And it's not just us. Everyone seems to be lonely today. Look at almost any recent survey and you'll see one overwhelming trend. People are more alone, more sad, and have fewer friends than at any other time. Even though we live in the most connected age that has ever existed on this planet with the Internet, studies have shown that you are only six people away from anybody else in the world. And yet we are so lonely. So lonely that we're willing to do anything just to find belonging. But here in this story, Jesus shows us a better way. He shows us that we don't have to get rid of our uncleanness before we can come to him. You don't have to get rid of your sickness. You don't have to be healthy. You don't have to be an Olympic runner or a basketball player that has gone to the NBA or just playing Little League Baseball. Your body can be broken and sick and weak and frail. You don't have to get rid of your sickness, and you don't have to get rid of your sin. This woman who was sick and thought she was full of sin because of it was wrong, dead wrong, but she was still full of sin, as we all are full of sin. She needed grace, just like all of us. But she was mistaken that getting rid of her physical condition would get rid of her sin, because that's not how it works. Jesus shows us, though, how it works. He takes it upon himself. All she wanted to do was to touch the hem of his cloak, and it did heal her, but it didn't take away her sin. And Jesus took that upon himself and took it to the cross. He took it and dealt with it there on Calvary. Three days later, he rose again to new life and a promise that even though our bodies are frail and fragile and sick and weak in this world, in the world to come, we will have a whole new existence. We'll be given new glorified bodies, in fact. The things that all of us, the things that plague us, will be dealt with. They'll be gone once and for all. And we will live forever in perfect harmony with our Lord, who made everything. Yes, this woman was sick, and this woman was sinful. Those are not the same thing. But the beautiful news of the gospel 
is that Christ deals with both. And he welcomes us in, no matter who we are or how sick we are, and this is important, how sinful we are. You may think you've done too much or you've gone too far. Your soul is too sinful or you're too sick to come. And Jesus tells us no way. You've got it all wrong. I come to you. And all we do, all we can do, is rest in him and receive his grace. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I As I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fighting and fears within, without a lamb of God, I come, I come. I am. I've heard it all my life as far back as I can remember. That was Carrie Underwood's version here on Haven Today. Signs and Sermons of Jesus, we're calling the series. Millions have seen The Chosen, all the while millions more are still discovering it. My wife and I have really enjoyed this series, and we were very excited when season three came out. And I want you and those you love to see it as well. But as you watch, be prepared. You'll see the story of Christ in a fresh and new way through the eyes of people whose lives had been transformed by him. Who were these people? What were they like before 
they met their Savior. How did the message of the gospel change their lives? As you watch all three seasons of The Chosen, you and your family and hopefully friends will see your lives in the lives of those around Jesus and have a deeper appreciation of how the gospel can truly transform you. So, for your generous gift to this ministry, Haven Today, I'd like to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. You can go to our website right now. And when you go to haventoday.org, I'll say it a little more slowly in case you're new, haven, H-A-V-E-N-T-O-D-A-Y dot org. And then when you're there, you can watch some excerpts from The Chosen and look at the interview that I shot with Dallas in Texas. Or you can call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And just something to mention here, if this program is a blessing to you, won't you help us share Christ with others by becoming a Haven Partner? That's someone who agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to keep sharing good news of Christ's kingdom with others where you live and listen, but also all around the world. Ask about it when you call or read about becoming a Haven Partner when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Have you ever been on a very, very long road trip? Though the drive begins well, it can grow difficult, even wearisome. These road trip experiences are just a small picture of the Christian journey. What are we to do when we become discouraged? The Apostle Paul wrote to Christians in Colossians about how he suffered in his ministry. He endured that suffering so that these beloved Christians would grow in their faith and mature. Paul then encourages them by writing, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. When we're discouraged, remember, we live in Christ and He in us. With Jesus, we'll make it to our final destination. You'll see Christ more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.